It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away, and it taketh away in a big way for BYU. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for making us your first listen and being an everydayer with us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Title sponsor today shows our friends over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. Well, uh, frankly, uh, stunning news coming out. I'm recording this Sunday night. Uh, Cody Epps, one of BYU's leading receivers, maybe a guy that some would consider to be the number one returning receiver for BYU, has entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, 24-7 Sports, as well as The Athletic, were the two first uh, groups to announce the uh, entrance of him into the transfer portal. I have since been able to confirm it via my own sources that he is indeed in the transfer portal. And, folks, this is just stunning, stunning news. I, I, I'm not even joking. I will swear on my the lives of my children, I had pushed stop recording on the Monday edition of this podcast. So what was supposed to be this show, I already did 30-plus minutes of a podcast, pushed stop recording, pulled up Twitter just to see what was going on, and saw the initial reports rolling out on social media and was like, OMG. I uh, bagged it, that podcast, that, that version of the podcast will never see the light of day, and uh, now we pick up the pieces. So, Cody Epps obviously leaves a gigantic hole for BYU at wide receiver. Five foot 11, 187 pounds, a guy that came to BYU at a modern-day high school in Southern California, set all kinds of records. Bryce Young, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner, the guy who went number one overall in the NFL draft over the weekend, was his high school quarterback. Cody was considered to be a bit of a, a, a tweener or too small for most programs to go out there. BYU believed in him. He had like 2,000 yards or something something like that, his senior year in high school. Crazy numbers. And BYU believed in his skills, brought him, developed him. Uh, He responded this past year by having a breakout campaign, 39 receptions, 459 yards, and six touchdowns, uh, seeing action in just eight games. That's the thing about it. He didn't play a full season. He got injured against Liberty. And uh, crazy crazy to consider that he entered his name into the transfer portal. Now, let me also clarify one thing. I do not know any of the details as to why or or what his decision uh, process was in doing this. All I know is that he is in the transfer portal. It could be for a myriad of reasons. I am not going to begin to speculate. There are a number of you on social media when I tweeted about it were asking me, is it related to honor code? Is it academics? Is it because he got a bigger NIL deal? Folks, I do not know, and I will not begin to speculate on that front. But what I can say is this era of college football is dominated by collectives. It is dominated by 
deep-pocketed boosters who want nothing more than for their college football programs to be able to be the biggest, baddest machines they possibly can pay for. Think of some of the con- the programs out there that you're probably thinking of off the top of your head. I guarantee we're probably thinking of the same ones. Money talks. It's it's true in every circumstance, and it's especially true in collegiate sports, especially college football. This is a dirty game, folks. College football, college basketball, for years, the quote-unquote bag men, there, were, there was money being siphoned off to give to athletes under the table. It is now all above board. NIL has opened the opportunity. NIL is a farce, folks. It is giving programs an opportunity to go out there and pluck elite talent from different universities by luring them into the portal with promises of paydays that they these guys could only dream of. Uh, guys that played college football in eras past could only have dreamed of making playing for their college programs. I, I guess I'm speculating. I think it is related to money because that's, to me, it's the one reason why guys like this do this. That that's I, I know for a fact there is a former BYU star that was recruited by USC uh, when they brought their new staff and speaking of Lincoln Riley to come to USC. He rebuffed those offers because he stuck with BYU. But there are offers going all over the place, and these are not going directly to the student athletes. At times, sometimes they'll contact the parents. Sometimes they'll contact a family member, somebody in this athlete's camp, somebody that's got his ear, and say. If this guy will go into the transfer portal, we can promise him this amount of money. We can promise him this, X, Y, and Z. It is a dirty, dirty game, folks, and it's unfortunate because this is a huge, huge blow to BYU. I, I cannot express how big of a, of a dent or a hole this leaves in BYU's lineup. Think about this. Cody Epps was set up to potentially be one of, if not the best receiver on BYU's roster this year. Keaton Slovis would have been slinging the ball to him uh, multiple times per game, targeting him. Guys like Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, they're going to have to step up in his absence and have to uh, pick up those targets that were probably uh, earmarked for a guy like Cody Epps. It is extremely unfortunate for BYU to have this go down. Now, let me also add this. There still exists an opportunity for Cody Epps to return to BYU. You have to look no further than Lauren Gustin last week. A number of you, when she entered the transfer portal, were saying, oh my gosh, what happened? Why would she be leaving the program? Well, guess what? A few days later, she looked around, evaluated her options, decided, you know what? I'm better better, uh, suited to stay put at BYU. She turned around and came back to BYU. It still could play out that way for Cody Epps, folks. It still could play out that way. I, for one, though, am not holding my breath. This, to me, when you enter the transfer portal, literally on the final day, it is open. It slams shut. Uh, I'm doing, recording this at 928 Mountain Time as, as, as a, I'm speaking right now. It is 928 Mountain Time. The transfer portal slams shut at midnight, uh, I think, Eastern Time. I don't even know. Local time. I don't know how they're handling it, but it slams shut today slash tonight. Uh, tomorrow, May 1st, when you, most of you might be listening and or watching this podcast, guys can no longer enter the portal. This, to me, is just an absolute gut punch to the BYU football program. And I, I, honestly, I don't necessarily know where you go for answers for this. To, to uh, what, what am I trying to say? You don't, I don't know where they go necessarily to go and find replacements for him. Now, 
There were some offers that went out yesterday, and now that we know what Cody Epps did, I think that uh, they come in response to that decision. Uh, we saw the announcement uh, that Darius uh, Lasseter, obviously the Eastern Michigan transfer, he uh, was on an official visit to BYU over the weekend, checking out campus, saw his uh, pictures he posted on Instagram, him in a BYU uniform, etc. He becomes a guy that BYU essentially has to land at this point. Frank, it, just, it, it feels like they need to get him into the fold. The good news, and I learned this over the weekend— reading up on this, is he actually played junior college football with Caleb Etienne, the big offensive tackle BYU most recently picked up from Oklahoma State. I would guarantee that BYU is trying to play that angle, and Caleb Etienne is probably in his ear saying, hey, come play with me. You can come here. You can uh, BYU's pitch to him gets even stronger now. You can come in and be one of our top three guys right away in this offense. That's the pitch to any guy BYU approaches in the transfer portal. Now, there have been a couple of guys. There's a guy from UTSA as well as, I think, Michigan State, one of their top receivers entered the transfer portal this weekend as well. So BYU is not the only program taking a major hit with a standout wide receiver entering the portal, but the opportunity now exists for BYU to go out there and sell themselves a little harder and playing time a little harder to some of these wide receivers. BYU also did offer, according to social media, two other players, Jair Shorter from North Texas. I'm actually intrigued by this one. He is a junior, according to what I read, uh, six foot two, 218 pounds, a native of Killeen, Texas. Texas had a great year this past year. Uh, for North Texas. Only 23 receptions, but 628 yards, folks. This is a deep threat. 27.3 yards per average on each of his receptions. 11 touchdowns, a season long of 58. This is a big play waiting to happen, speaking of shorter, uh, if you were to pick BYU. Still a long way to go. He just recently announced he got the offer from BYU. Who knows what his interest level is in the Cougars, but this is what BYU has to do. they got to pick up the pieces and carry on. If Cody Epps does not return to the BYU, BYU roster, that means that there are so many new opportunities for guys in the transfer portal to potentially uh, be more interested in BYU. Another one out, another offer went out as well to Chase Sowell out of, uh, uh, he's also from Texas, Humble, Texas, at a Sosita High School, I believe, down there in the Humble area. Uh, spent one year this past year at Colorado. Redshirted, but did see action in three games. Had a grand total of two receptions for 23 yards for the Buffaloes. He was part of the exodus out of the Colorado uh, football program this spring. I think he entered the portal just over a week ago or just about a week ago, I guess I should say. He does have four years of eligibility. He screams like, to me, he's a guy you're bringing in to develop for the future, but once again, going back to this just stunning Stunning news of Cody Epps entering the transfer portal. It is going to open all kinds of opportunities for BYU to hit the transfer portal and hopefully find a combination of guys or a guy to come in and replace the production you were probably anticipating a guy like Cody Epps to have. Man, just crazy, crazy stuff. Michael Harper did tweet this uh, in response to the reports of Epps uh, going into the portal. Quote, got to handle business, brudda. Okay, business screams to me that money, money, money's at play here. But I would imagine, and this is just my perception out there, Cody Epps has been like a poster child for the BYU football program. He's been a guy that has just kind of been singing the praises of BYU. He put out that tweet not even, what, a month ago, maybe less than that, about you've been called on a mission uh, to the Provo mission to, reporting to Lavelle Edwards Stadium September 2nd. That Crazy, crazy stuff. My nose is running here, so apologies uh, for that. But crazy Crazy scenes, and I just, I would have never in a million years guessed that Cody freaking Epps was going to enter the transfer portal, but once again, 
it's just kind of the day and age of college football, folks. The more I hear about stuff, the more I read about stuff, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether to be outraged, offended, down, upset, surprised, not surprised, indifferent. It's just, it's kind of what college football has become today. They're, they call it the law of unintended consequences. You allow young men and young women to go out there and receive remuneration, money, in exchange for their name, image, and likeness. Well, guess what? There are people out there who are absolutely going to take advantage of that and obviously do recruiting inducements. I don't care what the NCAA says. It, th- this is what's happening in this day and age of college football. Guys are getting offers that, frankly... You can't refuse. Make him an offer you can't refuse. You know, he's going to the Godfather line. It's crazy, crazy out there. It, it just, I keep babbling because honestly, I had a great plan, all show plan, all written out, and we'll probably get to part of it here in a moment. But this news, I just pushed record. I'm, I'm going just from the gut right now. So this is, this is major, major news with major implications for BYU going into the 2023 season. I, I feel for the coaches. I, I feel for everybody involved in the football program. This has to feel like a gut punch, a kick to the you-know-whats, no, whatever adjective or analogy you want to use. This is just insanely stunning news for Cody Epps, but... The opportunity remains for him to return, but alas, also BYU, I don't think at this point you can guarantee he's going to return, so now you got to hit the transfer portal market even harder than they already were. I've reported it before. I'll report it again. BYU was already in pursuit. Uh, at least uh, They were going to try and get at least two wide receivers in the transfer portal. Cody Epps, to me, means you probably need to gr- bring three, maybe four guys in. Who knows? But guess what? You have to go out there and compete with everybody else. There are a number of programs, 133 FBS programs out there who are trying to find the best talent available to them, and I can guarantee you BYU is going to have to claw their way to the top. The good news is Darius Lassiter was on an official visit. He could be part of the solution for BYU, but he is just the start. BYU has got to hit the transfer portal hard and try and find any and all options they possibly can. And any news I find out slash is revealed in coming days, we'll be sure to cover it here on Locked On Cougars. But holy smokes, what a bombshell for the BYU football program. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I originally was going to plan to talk about the NFL draft. We'll recap that, uh, where guys uh, landed slash got opportunities with undrafted free agent contracts. What do I make of their chances? We're going to get into that. We'll also get in uh, to what's going on in BYU sports beyond football as today's show progresses. But first, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, FanDuel's been with us for a few months now, my friends. And make a fast break right now with FanDuel and get in uh, on the action with the NBA playoffs ongoing. It's been a really, really fun fun first round of the NBA playoffs right now. New customers can, can get a no-sweat first bet, first bet of up to $1,000 right now from our friends at FanDuel. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Uh, I want you guys to check it out. It's got great promotions every day. They change them. They give you opportunities there. It's a safe and secure app. And the most important thing, if you're going to be gambling out there, you want the opportunity to get paid instantly. That's what FanDuel offers. You don't have to hit a reserve amount of money to get paid out. They will pay it out to you instantly. So get in on the action today. They're 
there is no better place to bet all the playoff action than in America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get that no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000 right now. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. That's FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Excuse me. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Thank you once again for making locked on Cougars your first day, your first listen of the day, my friends. I, you can probably see it in my face if you're watching this on YouTube. I just, I'm scratching my head. I, whew, I, I do not, I do not for the life of me, uh, that, that one, did not expect that to speak in a Cody Epps, but moving on now. Uh, NFL draft happened over the weekend, and by the way, first off, congratulations to Jaron Hall, uh, Blake Freeland, and Puka Nakua on being uh, selected in the NFL draft. Great to see them live their dream. They were the three we were all expecting. Uh, I thought that Blake came off the board a little bit later than I thought. Same thing with Jaron Hall, but Puka Nakua came off the board a little earlier than most projections had him. So all in all, it's these guys getting an opportunity in the NFL, and they're not the only ones. Four other former Cougars got an opportunity via the undrafted free agent route that came shortly after the draft draft wrapped up on Saturday. Harris Lachance got signed by the Indianapolis Colts, where he will actually join Blake Freeland in Indy. Christopher Brooks got an opportunity with the Miami Dolphins, D'Angelo Mandel with the Dallas Cowboys, and Caleb Hayes signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, some quick thoughts on this. I think that Jaron Hall is in a great Great spot. The more I thought about it, the more I read into this, the more I just kind of looked at the situation he finds himself in Minnesota. This is almost the ideal landing spot for a guy like Jaron Hall. Jaron has the opportunity to go into a franchise, speaking of the Vikings, who by all reports believe in his talent, his ability, and his leadership skills. If you listen slash read anything that their front office staff are saying about him, and maybe coach speak, but nonetheless, they were all effusive in their praise of him. They love this kid. He has the opportunity to uh, work behind a guy like Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he has been an entrenched starter there in Minnesota. He only has one year left on his contract, though, so who knows what the future holds for him in Minnesota. Nick Mullins is the backup currently. He has 17 career starts in the NFL, five years of NFL experience. I think that he will battle with Jaron Hall for that backup job. I think Mullins may have it at the outset, but as Jaron gets more and more engrossed into what the Minnesota Vikings are doing, he easily can find 
find himself being talked about as a potential heir apparent for a guy like Kirk Cousins. This is a phenomenal spot for him to be in. There is no pressure on him. He doesn't have to walk into the situation that Zach Wilson found himself in, where he's the face of the franchise with the weight of a franchise heaped upon his shoulders uh, with the New York Jets. He can work behind the scenes, learn the offense, develop his skills, and maybe down the road gets that opportunity to become the guy for the Minnesota Vikings. But very, very good spot for Jaron Hall. And a similar circumstance, by the way, for guys like Blake Freeland and Puka Nakua. Blake came off the board first in the fourth round early on there to the Indianapolis Colts. They have got a new head coach in Shane Steichen, a new quarterback in Anthony Richardson. And Blake Freeland, I think he is going to be a backup at the very worst early on in his run there in Indianapolis and very easily, I think, could be a starter at tackle if he shows well during uh, offseason workouts and on into training camp with the Colts. The good news is for a guy like uh, Blake is he is going to be on the same footing as almost everybody else in that franchise. Like I mentioned, Shane Steichen is a new head coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He has not implemented his entire offense quite yet, I would imagine. They're in Indianapolis, and Blake Freeland will be look will be learning right alongside some of his teammates to obviously uh, pick things up, and it gives him an opportunity to compete right away for playing time. I think it's a it's a pretty good spot for him to land in. I was rooting for my San Francisco 49ers to pick him up, but instead in the third round they picked up a, a defensive back out of Penn State. Then they got a kicker in Jake Moody in the third round. And then they picked up another local guy, Cameron Law, to Olympus High grad who played at Alabama at tight end. I was rooting for Blake Freeland to go to San Francisco, but San Francisco's loss is Indianapolis's gain. All right, and then finally, Pukunakua. Puka is also in a similar spot where I think he has a pretty solid opportunity here with the Los Angeles Rams. This is a guy, speaking of Puka, that fits very much the mold of what the Los Angeles Rams like to do with their wide receivers. And what I mean by that is they're not burners by and large. They're guys who are bigger-bodied guys who may not run past you, but their route-running ability and their ability to compete for the ball wherever it is thrown on the football field is going to be unmatched. Think of what they have in the Los Angeles Rams wide receiving core. Cooper Cup, an all-pro caliber guy. Van Jefferson, very solid. Ben Skoronek, these are guys who are not by any means 4-3-40 guys, but their route running, their ability to catch the ball when it's thrown to them sets them apart, and that's what Puka Nakua, I think, will offer. The nice part is, looking at the roster for the Rams, there's not a lot of proven options beyond those three that I just mentioned in Cup, Jefferson, and Skoronek. So this is going to give a great opportunity for Puka Nakua to go in there and compete, and the Rams, they must believe in him because they used a fifth-round pick on him. That That's some significant draft capital to invest in a guy, and I'm hoping that Puka gets the opportunity to go out and prove himself. Uh, by the way, him and Jaron both need to prove they can stay healthy. That's the only bugaboo, I think, for both of these guys is they've got to prove that their health concerns are just a minor footnote in all of this. Now, the undrafted free agent route for Harris Lachance, Christopher Brooks, D'Angelo Mandel, and Caleb Hayes has the odds stacked against all four of them, making an active roster. The goal for all four of these guys, in my mind, should be to make the practice squad in year one here in the NFL. Develop your skills Skills, have coaches train you up, work on your game, and at some point, hopefully, if injuries necessitate it or another team sees your film from uh, the scout team and feels like you're capable, they can pick you up that way to the active roster. You've got to grind here. The guy that I think has the best chance of the four to make an active roster if he beats the odds is Caleb Hayes. Looking at what Jacksonville has at cornerback, it seems like they have a proven option in Tyson Campbell, a former second-round pick. But beyond that, they have, addressed it, uh, they have invested a number of late-round 
round picks in recent years into cornerbacks. Speaking of the Jaguars, sixth and seventh round picks, including one this year in Christian Braswell, who they took in the sixth round. But Caleb Hayes' pro day was absolutely insane. If those numbers and that ability translates to the football field, I'd give him a fighting chance uh, to make some noise down there with Jacksonville. I think the other three guys, Lachance, Brooks, and Mandel, just looking at the rosters for each one of those guys, it seems like the field is stacked against them. I guess the and they'll have to prove themselves. But once again, let me reiterate, the opportunity just to go, make a practice squad is something that you can uh, absolutely achieve, I think, from the position that each one of those guys is in. And there have been many, many success stories of guys in the NFL who have lived their dreams by starting in the practice squad arena. Think of the most recent example, one of the most recent examples for BYU. Uh, Michael Davis from the Los Angeles Chargers had an insane pro day similar to what, maybe not as good as Caleb Hayes, but a similar type performance. The Los Angeles Chargers picked him up, put him on the practice squad developed him and now he's a 50 million dollar man he got a 50 million dollar contract from the los angeles chargers as one of their starting corners that has got to be the dream you've got to envision for yourself if you're one of these undrafted free agents but the good news is a team believed in you enough to give you that undrafted free agent deal to bring you into the program let you work out with the team in off-season workouts get into training camp and see what you're capable of doing that is all you can ask for in this circumstance and i wish all seven of these former cougars the best of luck as they move forward here in their career. It's a great opportunity. They're living a dream that thousands of us out there wished we had the opportunity to live, and I wish them all nothing but good health and good luck as they move forward in their NFL career. The nice part is is the 2024 class for BYU, looking beyond this, I think it'll be another three to five guys next year that could hear their names called in the NFL draft. BYU slowly but surely, speaking of the BYU football program, has become a little bit of an NFL factory. Are they ever going to be Georgia or Alabama? Probably not. I would highly doubt that. But they can produce three to four to five guys on an annual basis. That is punching well above their weight relative to the expectations for BYU. It'd be fun to see them do that. Uh, just one other footnote on this. Uh, Jeff Hansen pointed this out from Cougar Sports Insider. BYU has had nine players taken in the NFL draft over the past three drafts in a row. So, so an average of three a year uh, since the 2021 draft. You know how many drafts it took for BYU to get nine other guys drafted before that? Yes, 2009 to 2020. It took over a decade for nine other guys to hear their names called in the NFL draft. Kalani Satake is investing in these young men. He's investing draft capital into each one of them, developing their bodies, their skill sets, letting them play high-level opponents. And now as BYU goes into the Power 5 ranks, it should give a bigger microscope or I guess a bigger... um, lens into BYU football for NFL talent evaluators. They are going to be playing against the best talent they've ever played against as a program top to bottom. Speaking of the Power 5 schedules, they will play on an annual basis. That is going to give guys an opportunity to show their skills more so than they ever have before. And I think if BYU continues to develop talent the way they have over the past three or four years in particular, I think you can see a little more of an uptick in terms of NFL draft potential of guys leaving the program and getting their names called in that annual annual event wherever it happens to be held on that annual basis by the National Football League. So uh, I think some positive news all across the board there for BYU, but obviously we'll be tracking that. Uh, I was going to talk about guys for the 2024 class, like the guys I think could be BYU's leading draft guys. We'll hold on to that for you guys tomorrow. So you everydayers, make sure you join us tomorrow. We'll talk about those guys as well as BYU tight ends. I promised that today, decided to push it off, and obviously with the news of uh, Cody Epps, had to push a lot of things off, and we'll catch up on that stuff 
as the week progresses right here on the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with some great news. BYU men's golf wins a championship, and also another look back at another game in the BYU uh, 155 games they played as an independent football program. We talk about the debut of Kalani Satake's BYU's head coach. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at... Uh, uh, Perry Homes. They've been working with us for months now, my friends. The best part is Perry Homes has got options for you as a homeowner. Uh, if you guys are looking for an opportunity to build a new home, they've got a myriad of designs. I'm actually pulling up the copy right now because I actually clicked out of it. So apologies to Perry Homes on that. But the good news is if you're ready to upgrade your dream home or if you're looking for your first home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They've got communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Twila, Utah County, as well as Washington. Washington County down near St. George, no matter where you want to live, in the 801 slash 435, they've got the opportunity for you to do that here in Utah. They offer, offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to move right away as well. And they're offering generous financing incentives to their preferred lender if you want to get started right away as well. Visit Perry Homes Utah today to find out what's going on in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com. For 50 years, Utah has been Coming home to Perry Homes. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making it a part of your routine, my friends. Uh, crazy, crazy show today. Honestly, I did not anticipate any of this when I sat down, but hey, you know, uh, crazy things happen. And that's the glory and the, I guess, the the curse of this podcast is times I can finish recording a podcast and it's outdated the second I literally push stop record. But that's the glory as well, is that every single day I am here with you guys talking about everything going on in BYU Sports. So big thank you, as always, for your support of this venture, whether you're watching it on YouTube or tuned in wherever you get your podcast. If you are new to the podcast, hit that follow button wherever you get your podcast. Also, check it out on YouTube if you want to watch it in video format. Uh, hit the follow button, hit that bell notification so you get enabled uh, you enable the no- notifications so that when the show goes live, you can watch it right away, but a big thank you regardless for all of your support. Alright, uh, final notes on today's show. is First off, congratulations to the BYU Men's Golf Program, ranked number 44 in the country. They fended off all comers at the West Coast Conference Tournament to win the team title with an overall score of 843, finishing at 21 under, besting a number 46 USF by one stroke. Sixth ranked Pepperdine, uh, they actually won the national championship, I think, two years ago. Uh, speaking of the Waves, they finished in third place. BYU held off a really, really strong field to win the title, and more importantly, in some ways, Zach Jones, the Lone Peak product, the state amateur uh, defending champion in the state of Utah. He won the individual title shooting an overall score of 207, which was 9-under. He also won uh, the first playoff hole to win medalist honors against LMU's Riley Lewis. So congratulations to Zach. Congratulations to Coach Brockbank, Todd Miller, the entire men's golf program. This is phenomenal news for them. They will get an automatic berth in the NCAA regionals and we will learn where they will be playing in those regionals coming up on Wednesday when the field is revealed. Alright, uh, final notes uh, as well is that we're looking back at all 150 
five games in BYU football history. And the Kalani Sitake era uh, started off with some aplomb. Uh, it was a really, really interesting game. BYU was taking on the Arizona Wildcats down in Glendale, Arizona, State Farm Arena. State Farm Stadium, State Farm Arena, whatever they call that now, uh, down there. Maybe it may even change the name once again. But it's where the Arizona Cardinals call home. It's down there in Glendale, Arizona, taking on a Rich Rod and the Wildcats. And BYU was in a bit of a dogfight in this game. Now, BYU's offense was actually doing quite well. Uh, Taysom Hill was back from injury. He tallied 239 yards. He was 21 of 29 for 202 yards and one touchdown passing. A great game for him. And also, Jamal Williams running wild. If you recall this game, he ran for 162 yards, had a number of big runs, but BYU's issue is once they got into the red zone, they had struggled to get touchdowns and get points out of those drives into the red zone. Now, they got late in the game. They drove down the field. They uh, were looking at a 33-yard field goal. BYU calls in this kicker cold off the bench by the name of Jake Oldroyd. Yes, the legend of Jake the Make, as you guys might recall. He was the first guy. It was his first kick ever in college football. He's a true freshman from South Lake Carroll High School in South Lake, Texas. I literally had no clue who he was. He runs out there. Looks like he's 10 years old. He's wearing green cleats. He didn't even have official cleats from BYU at the time. He's wearing soccer cleats he kicked with in high school goes out there and just absolute ice in his veins nails a 33 yard field goal giving BYU a thrilling 18 to 16 victory to start off the Kalani Sitake era as I mentioned with some aplomb crazy crazy scenes he was running around the field his mom uh, created a Twitter account like literally seconds after he made that kick I think it was like Jake Oldroyd's mom was her Twitter (laughs) crazy stuff but BYU gets the win all the same and starts off the Kalani Sitake era with a great win uh, in a neutral site down there in Arizona now I do have a trivia question for those of you who have stuck with for the entirety of this podcast. It's going to be something fun. I'm going to have some fun with here. Do you know who the first BYU player to score a touchdown in the Kalani Sitake head coaching era at BYU was? It's not one of the names I've already mentioned today, and I'm not going to mention it here on the podcast. The first person to respond via social media or email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com, with the correct answer, you're getting a shout-out on tomorrow's podcast. So who was the first BYU player to score in that game? He was the first player in a BYU uniform under Kalani Sitake as the bring Brigham Young University football program head coach to score a touchdown for the Cougars in that era. Who was it? And we'll give you a shout-out if you get it right. The first person will get that shout-out on tomorrow's podcast. All right. I think we made it through. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being an everydayer. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Crazy, crazy times in Provo, but nonetheless, we got you covered top to bottom. And join us again tomorrow as we cover everything else going on in BYU sports. As I mentioned, the plan is to talk about tight ends. The plan is to talk about the 2024 uh, draft class for BYU looking ahead a year out. We'll have all that for you tomorrow, or who knows, maybe we'll talk about something else. Only time will tell. But join us again tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Sunday slash Monday whenever you listen and or watch us. And we will talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.